This episode of Weird Darkness is brought to you by the Nocturnal Reader's Box. If you love horror and sci-fi, the Nocturnal Reader's Box is for you. Two novels every month delivered directly to your door, along with horror or sci-fi-themed bookmarks, art pieces, and more. Subscribe before the end of this month and you'll get the June Box themed The End Is Near, featuring items inspired by Brian Keene, Joe Hill, Nick Cutter, Mary Shelley, David Wellington, and more. Also, right now, you can get an exclusive special edition of Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Not only is it rare, it's only available at the NocturnalReadersBox.com, and it will be almost impossible to find after this month. If you are a Stephen King fan or a horror collector, you don't want to miss this. Visit TheNocturnalReadersBox.com right now. Get 15% off your first six-month subscription by using the promo code WEIRD15. That's all one word, WEIRD15. Sign up now at TheNocturnalReadersBox.com or click the link in the show notes. A very strange phenomenon has been reported by vast swaths of the population. It's known as the Mandela Effect, which entails a mass misremembering of events, facts, or details. These can involve everything from pop culture to historical events, and often leave those who are faced with a reality much different than they remember in shock or bewilderment. Indeed, the history that you know, read about, and are sure is set in stone may not be so at all, and there seem to be alternate, mysterious timelines of history that exist side-by-side side with our memories and the reality we think we know. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is Weird Darkness. Welcome, Weirdos! This is Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, macabre, unsolved, and unexplained. If you have a dark tale to tell, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And be sure to subscribe if you've not done so already so you don't miss future uploads. And if you're already a fan of Weird Darkness, please share it with others to help bring them into our Weirdo family as well. And it's also extremely beneficial and appreciated if you leave a quick review about Weird Darkness in Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. You'll also want to sign up for my newsletter. This is where I'll be holding contests, giveaways, and more. It's called The Marler Sheet, and you can sign up for it at WeirdDarkness.com or look for the Marler Sheet link in the show notes. Now, bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness. When looking at the Mandela Effect, we might as well start with the phenomenon's namesake, and that lies with great South African anti-apartheid revolutionary, political leader, and philanthropist Nelson Mandela. It seems that a good portion of the population believes that Mandela died while languishing in prison in the 1980s while serving a 27-year sentence on charges of conspiracy to overthrow the state. In fact, while he did serve his time in prison, he was eventually released, 
and he played a big role in world events up until he died in 2013 at his home from complications of a respiratory infection. Yet this is not how many people strongly remember it at all, and there are those who are adamant that he did in fact die in prison and that they'd even read of it in history books and seen it on the news. It was when paranormal researcher Fiona Broom voiced this jolting discrepancy online that plenty of people chimed in to say they seemingly misremembered the exact same thing, and from there countless other examples came forth, earning the phenomenon of mass false memories the Mandela Effect, also known as the Mass Memory Discrepancy Effect. As with Mandela, world leaders and political powerhouses seem to draw this phenomenon to them. On November 22, 1963, then-President of the United States John F. Kennedy was riding in a motorcade in Dallas, Texas, along with his wife Jacqueline Kennedy, Texas Governor John Connolly, and Connolly's wife Nellie when the President was assassinated by a former U.S. Marine and Communist by the name of Lee Harvey Oswald, who would himself be assassinated later by Jack Ruby. At least that is the official, commonly accepted scenario. But the Kennedy assassination has grown into a morass of conspiracy theories and mysteries that I do not intend to get into fully here. What I would like to get into is the mass misremembered detail of how many people were actually in the car on that day Kennedy was shot. Numerous people, including those who have allegedly spent hours and hours obsessively poring over the footage of the assassination, insist that there were just four people in the car at the time of that fateful assassination, and that it was definitely a four-door car. But the true number was actually there were six people in the car as far as we know. How could this be? The main theory is that the front two people were simply obscured by the car window, coupled with the focus on the actual assassination taking place, which have conspired to create the false memory. Yet there are many who are absolutely positively sure that it has to have been four people. This detail has driven a lot of people absolutely bonkers, and there have been plenty of people who have tried to get to the bottom of this conundrum. One Justin Daneman of the site Squawker managed to find all sorts of pictures that seemed to show that it could not have been possible that six people were in the vehicle, such as a replica of the car Kennedy was in that is noticeably a four-seater plus other photos and even a photo from Life magazine that clearly shows just four seats in the car. Yet, the official number is indeed six, with an unusual three rows of seats in the vehicle and a double windshield. Much to the surprise and chagrin of some who have claimed to have gone over the footage frame by frame and remember it by heart, with four people in a four-seat car. What's going on here? And if this were some sort of shift of reality, why are there photos that still exist showing only four seats when it should have all changed? Who knows? All we know is that it is a persistent, odd historical event that a good number of people get wrong. Adding to the mystery is that a great many do not recall that there was ever a double windshield on the vehicle, nor that a Secret Service agent runs up from behind right after the shooting, or that Jacqueline Kennedy climbs over the back seat in the wake of the shooting. There are claims that even the angle of the footage and the trajectory of the killing shot are all wrong in the current version, or that the people in the car aren't behaving the way they are clearly remembered as being. The footage as it stands now 
seems to be almost alien to the way some people remember it, such as one poster on Reddit who said, Where'd the extra people come from? What's with the double windshield? This event was before my time, but a few years ago, two or three max, I decided to learn more about it and spent many an hour looking super close at the video, frame by frame even. There were like three different videos, all in color, but the Zabruder film was clearest. The film in this link isn't from the same angle as the one I saw, and it's a little more blurry, less colorful too. It almost seemed like it was the driver that had shot him because his right arm went over his left shoulder as he turned to see what was going on behind him. This was one of the conspiracy theories the driver did it. JFK was behind the driver and Jackie was behind the passenger. The man in the passenger seat did not react as quickly as the driver. JFK had been hit in the front of the head, but I also remember discussion about another bullet that greased him and hit the passenger. The magic bullet theory was famous because a single bullet would have had to do a 180 in mid-air to cause that damage. And yet the media kept cramming that fake fact because Oswald's gun had been found to have only shot the one bullet. This strange double windshield car and that couple making it out in the middle, no, 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 the driver never turns around? No, 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 no. Watching this clip, I can't even believe what I'm seeing. Freaky. This is nothing like the film I saw. His wife never climbed over the back seat like that. The car is the same color and still a convertible, but it's noticeably different as well. Camera angle is also situated different. Anyone who remembers this the way I do will have their jaw drop when they see this footage. Even the subsequent footage of the assassination of Lee Harvey Oswald by Jack Ruby has been accused of undergoing a change in reality, with the angle of the famous footage being different than what they are sure it should be. Is this all just a trick of memory and misinterpretation of historical facts, or has reality been changed from what some remember? Another U.S. president with his own share of bafflement is Franklin D. Roosevelt, 32nd President of the United States and often simply known as FDR. Many are very familiar with this president and his exploits, but what many people don't seem to remember correctly is that FDR was, in fact, paralyzed from the waist down throughout the entirety of his presidency. What? Although there is a great number of people who are certain that FDR was in full possession of his physical health, or that at least he could stand and walk, the fact is that, at least in this reality, he was bound to a wheelchair. The condition first plagued him in 1921, when he was 39 years old, and he slowly lost the power of his legs after falling overboard while yachting. Other symptoms he suffered were fever, facial paralysis, bowel and bladder dysfunction, numbness and hyperthesia, and doctors at the time were convinced he also had polio, although in modern times it is thought that his condition was more consistent with what's now known as Guillain-Barr syndrome. Whatever the reason, the important point here is that he could not walk when he was president. But how could that be? Many of you might be convinced that he was featured walking about or standing, but this is not true. If you really pay attention to FDR's photos of when he was in office, every single one of them is staged to make it look as if he's fine, but every one of them show him sitting down or leaning against something. He also avoided being seen in his wheelchair in public and did everything in his power to distract from the fact that he was paralyzed trying to hide it from the public eye. He did a fairly good job of hiding his disability, but he was never able to stand and walk around. 
This fact that one of America's greatest and most iconic presidents ever was in a wheelchair the entire time really comes as a shock to many people who are sure that this wasn't the case in the history they clearly remember. Another world leader who has attracted talk of his own Mandela effect is former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who served from 1940 to 1945 and again from 1951 to 1955. He was most notable for boldly leading his country to victory in World War II. Seen as one of the greatest wartime leaders of the 20th century and a larger-than-life historic figure, Churchill was also rather well-known for his bombastic speeches, which served to rally the people and are also highly quotable. But do you remember them correctly? One of Churchill's most rousing and famous speeches of all was given during the height of World War II when he expressed his intentions to do whatever was necessary to fight the Nazi scourge. You probably know the speech, don't you? It's famous for the line, we will fight them on the beaches, right? That's what most people remember and which has been quoted again and again, an icon from one of the most powerful speeches of the war, right? If you've been paying attention and listening carefully, though, you know that no, of course, that is not what he really said at all. He actually said, we shall fight on the beaches, not we will fight them on the beaches. This mistaken quote is oft-repeated in the media and online, but it is wrong. That's pretty odd, isn't it? Speaking of Nazis, let's take a look at the head honcho himself, Adolf Hitler. He is a very menacing and prominent figure in history, and we all probably know exactly what he looked like – not very tall, brown hair, brown eyes, pretty much not at all what his idea of the perfect Aryan was. Yet this description is wrong and Hitler actually at least had blue eyes, as much as you may think or remember differently. This example of the Mandela effect is sometimes chalked up to propaganda against the German leader at the time when color photographs were not really a thing and were very rare in those days. However, Hitler's eyes were most certainly blue, often described that way and sometimes photographed that way, not brown as so many believe. Another very famous historical figure who has also got a history that people seem to get wrong on a regular basis is Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who already has an instance of the Mandela effect with her name alone, as many remember it being as Mother Teresa, Teresa spelled with an H. Yet the bigger mystery is why so many people clearly remember her being made a saint or canonized in the 1990s or even while she was still alive well after her death and that it was carried out by Pope John Paul II. This is very vividly remembered as having been all over the news that way, yet this sainthood wasn't actually achieved until 2016 and was granted by Pope Francis, which has left a lot of people flabbergasted. Keeping on people from history, we have the portrait known all over the world as the Mona Lisa, painted by the famous Italian Renaissance artist Leonardo da Vinci. It is perhaps one of the most famous and widely known paintings ever created, and it too has its own Mandela Effect mysteries. Mysteries, plural. First is that many people believe that the identity of the woman in the painting has always been a complete mystery. They're absolutely sure that this is a well-known and persistent unsolved mystery of the art world, but they might be surprised to know that her identity has long been known as being of Lisa Gerardini the wife of Francesco del Giacondo, 
which is even officially recognized in the records of the Louvre Museum. The Mona Lisa has another mystery in that many people are sure that the woman in the painting has always had a completely blank expression on her face. But look now, it's clear that she is smiling. Besides notable famous people, there are also assorted historical events that are claimed to have somehow changed in our memories of them. There is the famous historical event that happened during the French Revolution, which was a far-reaching social and political upheaval in France and its colonies that lasted from 1789 until 1799. A famous incident during the Revolution, indeed the catalyst for the whole thing, happened at the very beginning on July 14, 1789, when a huge mob of people armed with an assortment of weapons converged in front of the Bastille, where hundreds of prisoners were kept. The popular image of this storming of the Bastille is of hundreds of newly freed prisoners spilling out to join the revolution. But in fact, current historical accounts show that only seven prisoners were actually freed. A big discrepancy with what you may remember learning and as is commonly depicted. In more modern times, there's the case of the Tiananmen Square tank ban. The notorious Tiananmen Square massacre broke out in China in June of 1989. At this time, thousands upon thousands of student-led pro-democracy activists had gathered in Tiananmen Square for demonstrations seeking basic human rights, culminating in a vicious crackdown enacted by the Chinese government. After declaring martial law, heavily armed troops descended towards the square, arresting and killing indiscriminately as protesters attempted to block their progress. The shockingly violent tactics employed by the Chinese government brought about outrage and worldwide condemnation, yet even the killings and arrests continued virtually unabated. Amongst all of this mayhem, an image emerged which seemed to perfectly encapsulate the strife that was rocking the area at the time. Called the Tiananmen Square Tank Man, the image shows a lone, unarmed man defiantly and bravely standing in front of an incoming Chinese tank, which is followed by a whole procession of other tanks. Now, many of you may vividly remember from TV footage and history books that this man was mercilessly mowed down and killed by the tanks. It may be firmly ingrained in your mind to the point that it is an indisputable fact, yet this never happened. Look today and you'll see that video footage of the incident shows the unnamed individual sidestepping and remaining in its way even when it tries to go around him and even jumping up onto the tank to apparently have a short chat with the tank's driver before dropping down and taking up his defiant position once more. This continues for several minutes before the man is swept away by a group of people. The iconic photograph of this incident, taken by Associated Press photographer Jeff Widener, has become one of the most potent, famous, and instantly recognizable images of the century. Yet, although no one knows who this man was, it is very clear that he did not die, as so many erroneously recall. We also have the tragedy of the explosion of the Space Shuttle Challenger, which broke apart 73 seconds into its flight, killing all seven crew members and shocking a nation. In this case, the Mandela Effect lies in the time of the disaster. Although it most certainly happened on January 28, 1986, there are a fair few people who insist it really happened before that, in 1984. Additionally, these people claim that the explosion occurred in the summer months, when the actual disaster really happened in winter, 
which is indeed one of the reasons for the mishap, as the seal broke which had not been thoroughly tested in cold conditions. Making things more bizarre are the tales from people who are certain that some of the astronauts survived the tragedy to go on and live normal lives, which none of them did, at least in this reality. Which version is true? Does it depend on which reality you are from, or is this mind tricks? It's curious that so many people should remember history so wrongly. What's going on here? The most rational explanation is that this is all due to the inherent glitches of the human brain. Specifically, our memories are much more malleable and in flux than we might like to believe, especially with details or memories we only have a fleeting awareness of or do not know in any great depth. Misinformation can alter or completely warp what we think we remember as our brain struggles to fill in the gaps with these wrong facts or details. These new facts can cause fabricated, distorted, or misinterpreted memories that we take to be true, even in the face of concrete evidence to the contrary, causing the puzzlement we experience when we are confronted with reality. Then there are the more far-out theories which claim that this is evidence of some fundamental shift in reality that has occurred without our awareness. In this case, we have shifted over to an alternate timeline, which is mostly the same, yet different enough to give us a sense of unease when we encounter the details that do not line up and which we apparently remember from our former reality. Also, just as bizarre, is the idea that this may even indicate that we are in a Matrix-style computer simulation and that someone or something is messing around with the program, either intentionally or due to a glitch. Whatever scenario you believe it is, at the very least a peek into a strange phenomenon of the psyche and even the hardest skeptics have to admit that it is at the least an intriguing and anomalous peek into perhaps one of the biggest mysteries of all, the human mind. Up next, we'll continue to take a look at the Mandela Effect and how it may change the way you watch your favorite movies. The last few days I have been swamped with work. Not only do I have my normal podcasts, voice work, etc., but there's also a new YouTube series coming soon and I'm going to be a part of that, which is also sucking away time. I can't afford to be without energy and focus, nor can I afford to be without that often hard-to-reach thing called motivation. Fortunately, I found the solution a few months ago – dawn to dusk. Most people only need a single dawn to dusk capsule, but I take two each morning around 8 a.m., and not only does it give me the quick jolt of energy I need as I get started in my workday, but it lasts a full 10 hours. 10 hours! Your high-calorie energy drink isn't going to do that for you. Totally safe, no calories to count, no salt entering your bloodstream, just the energy and focus you need to get the job done, day in, day out. If you find yourself struggling each morning as you start your day, or if you find yourself dragging in the late afternoon, Dawn to Dusk is your solution. You can try it for yourself at BrickHouseWeird.com. It's a special page they designed just for Weird Darkness listeners. That's BrickHouseWeird.com. In fact, you can save 10% off of Dawn to Dusk if you use the promo code WEIRD at checkout. That's BrickHouseWeird.com. Use the promo code WEIRD to save 10% off your bottle of Dawn to Dusk.
The Mandela Effect, which entails a mass misremembering of events, facts, or details, can involve history events, as we've already discussed. But pop culture is not immune to the effect either. It is an uncomfortable feeling to have the memories and reality you know and remember to be fundamentally different than what you once thought, and instances of the Mandela Effect are numerous. One area of pop culture that has proven to be a wellspring of examples of the Mandela Effect are movies, in many cases ones that are loved all over the world, and yet are not as we remember them to be. Starting with one of the older movies where the Mandela Effect can be seen, we have the iconic The Wizard of Oz, which actually has numerous instances of this effect. The first is the famous line when Dorothy says to her dog, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. It's such an iconic line that it's even known by people who have never seen the movie, and it has become a phrase in popular use to signify that things are getting weird. However, Dorothy never says that. She, in fact, says, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. It's close, but enough of a discrepancy that it drives people nuts. Also in The Wizard of Oz, the famous scene when the Wicked Witch commands her army of creepy flying monkeys to fly, my pretties, fly. Only she does not say that, as you may strongly remember, but rather she says, fly, fly, fly. This is such a well-known and widespread mistake that the line is often misquoted in popular culture to this day. There's also the line near the end of the film, where our ragtab group finally reaches the titular wizard and Toto pulls back the curtain to reveal an old man at the controls of his machinery, invoking a thunderous voice that many people remember as saying, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yet this is not said. The line is actually, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz has even more instances of the Mandela Effect, which I will tell you about in just a few minutes. Another older but still rather famous line from a movie that is often misinterpreted is from the film Oliver Twist, when Oliver asks the evil Mr. Brumble for a second helping of porridge. Most will probably remember very well that he says, please, sir, can I have some more? But what he really says is, please, sir, I want some more. This line is also often misquoted in popular culture and really rubs people the wrong way when they realize the line they thought they knew is wrong, so convinced are they of its memory. There are numerous other lines from more modern movies that are persistently remembered wrong by most people, and some of them can be quite jarring when one is confronted with the real line. A very memorable one is the line from the movie Jaws when the character Brody takes a look at their inadequate boat and tells the grizzled shark hunter Quint, we're going to need a bigger boat. That is the line, right? Because they're a team about to go hunt the shark together and we need a bigger boat, right? You may remember it so intensely, but no. He actually says, you're going to need a bigger boat, which seems to not make sense in this context and is much different than we all think we recall. Yet another example of an oft-quoted line being wrong comes from the Clint Eastwood-starring 1971 action film Dirty Harry. After running down a criminal and having a brief shootout, Harry looms over the criminal, points his gun at him, and says, do you feel lucky, punk? This is quoted this way again and again, but it too is wrong. The real line is, do I feel lucky? With the whole line being, you gotta ask yourself one question, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? This is another very unsettling one when people realize it, 
because so many remember it wrong in exactly the same way, and this line has become a rather famous example of the Mandela Effect. Moving on, we come to the 1982 Harrison Ford sci-fi classic Blade Runner. Every fan of the original worth their salt knows the monologue that the replicant Ray Batty gives at the end just before he dies, right? The one about sea beams glittering in the dark, and those attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. All of these memories will be lost like tears in the rain. Many people can probably quote this whole memorable monologue by heart, but they're probably quoting it wrong, because Batty actually never says, like tears in the rain, but rather just tears in rain, with no word the. It is enough of a change from what we insist we remember to seem strikingly odd. The famous courtroom drama starring Al Pacino and Justice for All also has the famous and oft-quoted line, I'm out of order, you're out of order, this whole court's out of order, which is not even what he says, but rather the much different, you're out of order, you're out of order, the whole trial is out of order, they're out of order. The list of such lines goes on and on. Do you remember in the E.T. the Extraterrestrial film when E.T. says, phone home? He actually says the off-sounding home phone. James Bond never says, the name's Bond, James Bond, but instead he simply says, Bond, James Bond. In the movie The Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter never says, hello, Clarice, but just, good morning. So where in the world did hello, Clarice come from? The Silence of the Lambs has another such anomalous line when the serial killer Buffalo Bill is giving instructions to his captured prey to apply a lotion to her skin. As he looks on, many people will clearly remember him saying, it puts lotion on its skin. But in fact, it says, rubs lotion on its skin. This mistake has also been regurgitated again and again in popular culture and TV shows such as Family Guy and South Park, but it is wrong. As with many of these, it's a small, subtle difference, but one that so many people remember exactly the same wrong way, and which has a way of being a bit weird and of not sounding right on some fundamental level. There is also the first of Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings films, The Fellowship of the Ring. After confronting the terrifying, monstrous Balrog, the whole place starts dramatically crumbling down around our heroes and the wizard Gandalf, which incidentally is also oddly remembered as being incorrectly spelled Gandalf with a G-H by a lot of people, and finds himself precariously hanging from a yawning chasm below him. He then commands the rest of the group to, as you may remember, run you fools. However, he really says, fly you fools, which doesn't even really seem to make sense in this situation, but there it is. Also quite odd is the line from the alien invasion movie Independence Day, wherein Will Smith's character shoots down one of the aliens and then punches it out while saying, welcome to Earth. It's very often remembered that he says this with the pronunciation, welcome to Earth with an F at the end of Earth, but he very clearly and unambiguously says just Earth. Not even animated films are exempt from this phenomenon. In the film Snow White, what do the seven dwarves sing during their march? Can you picture that song? It's hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go, right? Wrong. They actually sing hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go. This is quite an unsettling revelation for many as it is a song that they remember so fondly from their childhood, and which they feel they must surely correctly remember, 
but the dwarves are not off to work, but rather off to their home. It's off to work we go is indeed said once in the movie and is almost like a false start, but the main song in the film and its official lyrics have them singing home from work. Weird. The animated movie Alice in Wonderland also has a misremembered line as the Cheshire Cat never says we're all mad here, as many are sure he says in the movie, but rather, most everyone is mad here. The Alice in Wonderland film hosts another example of the Mandela effect in that the characters Tweedledee and Tweedledum are almost always remembered as having tiny propellers on their hats. Yet, go back and look, you'll find that there are no propellers but rather little yellow flags. There are also the non-quotes, which are famous lines everyone distinctly remembers but which never actually even existed at all, such as the Hello Clarice line from The Silence of the Lambs. For instance, picture the science fiction movie The Matrix in your mind. Do you remember when Neo finally confronts Morpheus and is told about the true nature of reality in the red pill scene? Morpheus goes into a monologue that begins with, what if I told you, right? You can probably totally remember that line and hear that clearly in your head in Lawrence Fishburne's deep voice. The thing is, what if I told you is never said in this scene, nor is it uttered in the movie at all. This baffles a lot of people because the line is very strongly remembered and iconic to the point that it's even a meme, but in fact it was never said. Where did it come from, and why did it pop into our collective heads so intensely? Another famous line that nearly everyone knows comes from the original Tarzan movies from the early 1900s, where everyone knows that Tarzan would say, me Tarzan, you Jane, right? Well, no, he never says that at any point at all. Similarly, anyone who knows the series of films and TV shows Star Trek will probably have the line, beam me up Scotty, immediately spring to mind. After all, it is a major feature of Star Trek, isn't it? Indeed people who have never even heard of Star Trek probably have been exposed to this line, and it is incredibly pervasive, yet this is never actually said at any point ever in the entire series. Captain Kirk at no point ever says, beam me up Scotty in any incarnation in the series. Also commonly remembered from Star Trek but never actually appearing is the line, it's life Jim but not as we know it, which doesn't exist. One of the most famous of these non-quotes is the line, play it again, Sam, from the movie Casablanca, which is not once said at any point in the film. The closest thing we have in the movie is the line, play it once, Sam, for old time's sake. Movie lines are not the only things that get mixed up and misremembered. Another type of Mandela effects in film has to do with mistaken details of the films or characters. Some of these have to do with titles of movies or with character names. For instance, many may remember the famous 1979 Vietnam War movie as being called Deer Hunter, when it is actually THE Deer Hunter. The famous villainess from the Disney animated movie 101 Dalmatians is often remembered as Cruella DeVille, with DeVille being one word. But did you know that the actual spelling is Cruella De Ville, three words, and Ville is only spelled with one L? It seems quite wrong to a great many people, but it is correct. The same kind of name mistake can be seen with the movie Gremlins, where Gizmo's nemesis is fondly remembered as being named Spike. He was actually called Stripe, which is totally different. 
There are other details from movies, characters, even movie posters that people get wrong and which are chalked up to the Mandela effect. A famous one is that the beloved Star Wars character C-3PO is not all gold, but rather has one silver leg which is a bit jolting to those who've seen the movies countless times and never noticed that. Also from Star Wars, everyone thinks that Obi-Wan Kenobi says, May the Force be with you. But did you realize that it is actually Han Solo that says that? Coming back to The Wizard of Oz, you ever realize that in one scene in the film, the Scarecrow can clearly be seen holding a silver Magnum 357 handgun? Nobody remembers this having ever been in the movie before, but there it is, clear as day made even more bizarre in that a handgun never appears in the numerous stage productions based off of the movie, and this further cements The Wizard of Oz as a wellspring of Mandela effects. Another quite strange and famous example of a startling and widely misremembered movie detail can be found in the original 1984 The Karate Kid film. Can you envision Daniel's iconic headband in the movie, which he even wears in the final showdown? What color is it in your mind? How does it look? The majority of people will probably remember it as having a low red rising sun against a white background on it. But this is actually incorrect. Go back and watch it now. The headband features a central black circle with black lines radiating out from it, which can be quite a bit of a surprise. It looks way different than what we remember. Even weirder is that some people even remember it as being blue. There is an odd detail that everyone seems to get wrong in the classic 1973 horror film The Exorcist as well. In the exorcism scene, when the possessed Reagan is confronted by the priests and tied to a bed, she now has a feeding tube inserted in her nose. A jolting detail, considering most people insist that such a tube was never there in the film before. Even movie posters can't escape the Mandela effect. Perhaps the most well-known example of this is the iconic poster for the movie Jaws. It's very often remembered as exhibiting a clear, stylized bite mark taken out of the lower portion of the J. But in fact, this bite mark has never existed in the poster. Another example is the poster for Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which oddly enough is already often misremembered as being spelled Judgment Day, J-U-D-G-E-M-E-N-T. In this case, the problem is with the sloping of the letter A in the title, which is adamantly remembered as being different and looking very off for quite a few people. Here we've looked at just a few of the more well-known examples of the mysterious Mandela effect as it pertains to the movies, although there are even more where these came from. What's going on here, and why do so many people remember things so differently from the way they are and in exactly the same way? For some, this is merely a memory glitch or trick of the mind, mistakes and misinformation that get picked up and spread until all takes a life of its own and manages to convince people that the error is the way it really should be. We become convinced that the false memory is real and it becomes so lodged in our head that it completely usurps the original memory. The mystery is why it spreads to so many in the same way rather than just being isolated cases. Others think that this is a hint that at least a portion of the population have shifted between parallel worlds that are very similar but in which certain details don't quite line up exactly in subtle but noticeable ways. Still others think that it's evidence that reality has been retroactively tampered with somehow, possibly from time travel, 
and that we have splintered off into an alternate timeline while retaining certain memories from the old timeline. Perhaps even more bizarre still is the idea that we live in a computer simulation, and these are either glitches in the program or someone deliberately changing and tweaking our simulated reality for inscrutable purposes. In the end, there is no evidence that any interdimensional travel or timeline alteration has occurred, nor any real concrete rational answer. But either way, the Mandela Effect continues to be an odd anomaly that is weird and entertaining at the very least. If you like what you hear and you want to hear even more, consider becoming a Marlar House patron. I post commercial-free versions of Weird Darkness and bonus materials as well, including chapters of horror and paranormal books I'm narrating into audiobooks as I record them. Become a patron by clicking the link in the show notes, or visit WeirdDarkness.com and click on Become a Patron. And if you do like the show, please leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Doing so helps the show to be seen by others, and I might read your review here in the podcast. Have you signed up for The Marler Sheet? It's my free newsletter where I hold contests, giveaways, and more. You can sign up for it right now at WeirdDarkness.com or look for the Marler Sheet link in the show notes. Do you have a dark tale to tell? You can share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. And a quick reminder, I'm going to be traveling around the Midwest a lot in the weeks and months to come, and I would love to meet you in person if you can make it out to any of the conferences or festivals that I'm going to be a part of. June 16th, I plan to be on location at the DuPage Comic Con in Wheaton, Illinois. June 22nd and 23rd, I'll be at the Haunted America Conference in Alton, Illinois. June 24th, I'll have a table at the St. Louis Mighty Con in St. Louis, Missouri. You can get the details on all the events I plan to be at by clicking on events at WeirdDarkness.com. You can also find a link here in the show notes. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and more. I've got links to all of my social media at the top of the page at WeirdDarkness.com. I'm your creator and host, Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me in the Weird Darkness. This episode of Weird Darkness was brought to you by Send Out Cards. You can mail a real, personalized greeting card without leaving the house or going out to buy stamps. Choose from the hundreds of existing cards on the website or create one of your own, completely from scratch, using your own photos and message. You can even use your own handwriting and signature, if you wish. You create it all digitally on the website before it goes to the post office to get mailed. Now's the perfect time to try it absolutely free, too because Father's Day is coming next month, and I'll pay for you to do the card and I'll even pay for the postage. Absolutely free for you to check it out at sendoutcards.com weird. Remember the slash weird part. That way I can pay for it for you. That's sendoutcards.com weird. Give it a try.